Welcome back to Long Distance Work Life, where we help you lead, work, and thrive in remote and hybrid teams. I'm Marissa Eikenberry, a fellow remote worker, and joining me is my co-host and remote work expert, Wayne Tremell. Hi, Wayne. Hello, Marissa. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am fine. I am just um, taking it easy and bowing at the feet of our robot overlords. <laughs> All right. So for those of you who have listened to us before, you may have heard us talk about Zoom's new AI features. If you've never listened to us before, and this is your very first episode, please go back in the show notes and listen to that. And then we'll come back to this one. But basically, Wayne, you had a chance to actually try out some of these features. So what did you test this AI companion with? Yeah. So first of all, a little context, because that's important. All of the features uh, of all of the tools, right? Microsoft Teams and WebEx and everybody else are scrambling to put AI in. And it's right. like, what the heck is that good for? And the answer is quite a bit, actually. Uh, there are some things that have been around for a while that are getting better. I'm thinking about things like captioning. Right instant in the moment captioning, which we discovered is good, but really, really imperfect. <laughs> well, uh, as most AI captioning features are. Right. But I'll give you an example. We were doing one of our long distance leader workplace series, and we decided to experiment with some of the features. We told the participants we were doing what you must do. You mm -hmm. must tell people that they are involved in this little experiment. But they were fascinated. And so the first thing was captions are on. Right. And at first, people get a little thrown by that. And then they just cease to mention it. Now, what's cool, Zoom doesn't do this yet. Okay. WebEx has been doing it for a while, is it can also simultaneous translate. Yes, we talked about this. That What was it, like three languages at once in WebEx? Spanish, French, German. You can, at That's this awesome. point, it's the European languages. But that will change, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, the thing is you start with the ones with fewer letters right? <laughs> when you're writing code. The, tr the captions are appearing underneath and they're very quick and they're mostly accurate, but it assumes that the person talking knows what they're talking about, which is a dangerous assumption because it's using predictive text. Oh. And so one of the teachers is going on and she's trying to explain something and she said and you know what it's like when you're dealing with black people and the caption said black people yeah i was waiting for that one <laughs> yeah and you know probably not what you're looking to do right so you while it is amazingly accurate is not a hundred percent perfect and before you use those videos elsewhere, you may want to double check. Do some <laughs> additional checking and and things like that. I found that pretty amusing. Absolutely, because the stakes were very low and nobody cared, right? Right. The thing that I found amazingly helpful, and I haven't said this yet, but I may recommend this on our next sales call. Okay is the meeting summary feature. Right. We talked about how that was coming. So what's in that? It's incredibly cool, actually. I think you need to be careful, as with everything, right? Check it beforehand, figure out who should receive this thing and who should not. But I know with Zoom, 
if you are one of the people on the account, the me it runs in the background and does a summary of the meeting. And several hours later, you receive an email okay. that says, this is what happened in the meeting. Sweet. Uh, you know, Marissa raised this point. Alex asked about this, whatever. And it's all there, including things like action items. Right. That's the thing that I'm kind of fascinated by. Well, I'm thinking about it at, from a salesperson's perspective. I'm talking to you, you know, I'm busy taking notes yeah. and I organize my life in these silly small notebooks. You know, yes. I do everything kinesthetically. I can't type and take notes at the same time. My brain mm -hmm. doesn't work that way, but I know I'm missing something or uh, very often like a, somebody will call somebody. We have a client who calls their employees partners. Okay, great. And I keep writing it down as employees, okay. right? So when I go to write the proposal, there's a pretty good chance I'm going to mess it up. Right. And put employees in there, whereas it's right there. We call our employees partners. Right, which is obviously a very important point. It's a very important point and allows me to sound like I'm paying much closer attention than, in fact, I am. I was surprised how thorough it was and how accurate it was. Well, and I could see it being used. I know that I had a meeting earlier today that... I, I was trying to remember a decision that was made on something. And it was like, I know that we made this decision. I know it happened in a meeting. I don't remember exactly what the decision was. And so, you know, the idea that you could go back to some of these summaries and go, okay, what was that decision made? Because I don't want to have to ask again. And then it's, oh my God, why don't you remember? Well, I forgot. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're human. That's okay. But being able to go back to these summaries and find that out might help us feel a little less stupid. And my understanding is that if this is not the way it is now, it's the way it will be shortly, is if you go into, if you record that meeting, if you record that meeting in Zoom. Okay. And it's got to be in the Zoom platform, right? It can't be on your server. Right. If you record the meeting in Zoom, you can open the meeting after the fact and search for things like action items and whatever. That's if that isn't available yet, it soon will be. Um, and that's a very, very cool thing. Right. Because one of the complaints, there's a chicken and egg thing with okay. technology, as you know. Right. Um, one of the things is, do I really have to be on that meeting? I have somewhere else to be. Well, I can record the meeting and now you still need to take an hour out of your life to sit there and view the recording and watch people's cats go by and scan through and try to find the thing that you're looking for. Uh, searchable recordings is just a brilliant. Oh yeah. Well, and they do smart um, clips and stuff too now, right? So how do those work? There's what? I'm sorry, smart clips. Yeah, where it was talking about like clipping out different things so that we. Well, and this is things. how this is how incredibly fast things are progressing. You and I are using Streamyard. Yes. To record this, we have used it every couple of weeks for two years now. Yeah, you and I almost two years, and I think the company has been using it since 2019. So this morning we log into the meeting and the first thing we see is a notice saying, hey, there's this thing called Smart Clips and you can hit a button, I think it's the space bar, mm -hmm. on your computer while we're recording this and it will say, you want to pay attention to this. Yeah, exactly. And then that way I can go back later and go, oh, that was a really clippable point. 
I'm going to put that out on our social media, which, by the way, you should be following all of our social media for clips. Um, oh, nicely done. Like That's I've why done this, this woman years. is a pro, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but seriously, think about that. There's one thing in a meeting that you wanted people to hear, right? Now you don't need an entire meeting that nobody's going to sit through. Right. And you can be proactive. You can push that video clip. Yeah. Or even like, a, you know, hey, if you forgot, here's here's how this was. Or somebody who wasn't in the meeting, uh, maybe they never were meant to be in the meeting, but that information is still important to them. You could pull that out and send that to them too. Absolutely. So it's it's kind of exciting. I, I mean, you know, there's two things. I'm, you know, very, very excited uh, about anything that makes my life easier. Oh, of course. <laughs> my entire career is based on being curious and lazy. I hear that. And so, you know, if there's, I, I am not a fan of technology in general. And if it makes my life easier, I'm all about it. Yeah, I, I'm definitely somebody who like builds a bunch of systems and stuff with technology, not just for work, but like for me personally, I'm now using Notion. It's a whole thing. But <laughs> are there any pieces, though, that people didn't like as much or um, freaked them out a little bit? Uncanny Valley? I mean, whatever. Well, yeah, there, there are parts and we haven't played with this yet, but we can and probably will which are some of the more in-depth features. And these are things like if you are not looking at the camera. Right. <laughs> um, and this is often after the fact. This is more after the fact than during the meeting. But artificial intelligence, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have seen the commercial for the Google phone that they're saying has AI in it. So uh, you know, if there's background noise, you can remove the background noise from a video. Or if people aren't smiling, you can make them smile. Uh, and that sounds cool and it's kind of neat, I suppose. And it has some unintended consequences. A lot of the features are still... I don't know how to describe this because I'm not a video game player. I don't okay. play. But but I am familiar with yeah. the... Why don't, I was Give gonna us say, the concept I am. <laughs> of the Uncanny Valley, and then I will tell you what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, so the Uncanny Valley, essentially, and so for people who do play video games, you might watch um, some clips or things like that, and and graphics for video games are getting really, really, really good nowadays, but there's still this element of it doesn't look quite realistic. And part of the reason for this is that... it it freaks us out. Like there's something about knowing that it's not real that just our, our brain can't handle it. There's something about it that our brain screams danger. Uh, it's part of the reason why the graphics aren't as good as maybe they could be because we almost have to have this element of it, it can't be that good. Yeah, our brains are designed to recognize threats. And the problem is that we process visual information before it hits our brain. And it goes through this translation thing, right? Mm -hmm. So our brain goes, oh, this isn't real, but I have to try to make it real in our head. But somewhere in our limbic system, our little reptilian brain is going, no, this isn't right. This isn't right. They're trying to fool you. And that's what's happening with a lot of these AI features, like make people smile. And you were telling me that you tried this on Kevin. Yeah. Our, our boss and what happened with that? Yeah. So um, one of the 
programs that I use to do clips is called Descript. And Descript has a new AI feature that basically, if your eyes are not looking at the camera, they will make your eyes look at the camera. I also know, I think it's NVIDIA. Somebody does this on a webcam live. So streamers who aren't, you know, looking at their chat or aren't looking, it, it will also change their eyeballs to make it look like they're looking at you. But I Which actually, is kind of creepy. It's like those pictures yeah. in those old houses where no matter where you are, the camera, the, the eyes look like they're following you. Well, and so I did it with Kevin because, you know, there are times that he's looking down and it, that uncanny valley thing hit me. I'm like, there's something about this. It doesn't look right. And it could even just be, I know what it's supposed to look like. And so it looks bad to me. So I ended up removing it because I was like, there's, there's just something not right about this. Right. I have seen the webcam stuff on other people before. And that one does look a lot more natural from what I've seen, but I haven't seen a lot of people use it yet. Yeah. I think that there are a couple of lessons that we can take from all of this. Mm -hmm. uh, the first thing is do not ignore all the updates and little messages. Right. right. And I'm not saying that every manager needs to go down the rabbit hole every time there's an update to a product because that way lies madness. Mm -hmm. But if you have that person on your team and you all know who they are, right? There are 7% of the population are, are traditional early adopters. They're the ones that are first in line for the new iPhone. And they're the ones that are always, and nobody likes them. They're the ones that go, I found this software. Oh, shut up. Just let me get the job done. Wow, Wayne, right in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you have those on your team. Um, don't be afraid to let them play. You know, let them have some time and say, hey, would you look into this for us? Absolutely. And speaking as one of those people, we're usually very happy to do so. Oh, very happy to do so. Now, you have to be prepared to come back all agog and excited and have us go, yeah, no thanks. Right. I mean, you have to be prepared for that, I'm just saying. Uh, but I think that's important because most of us, if you look at the adoption chain for technology, you've got 7% who are early adopters and you've got 10 to 11% who are Luddites and will be dragged kicking and screaming and not do anything unless they're absolutely forced to. And everybody else is kind of in the middle of that bell curve where it's like, if it's useful, if it's not too much trouble, if I can learn it, if it's not too expensive, and especially if it makes my job easier. Mm -hmm. Right. Once I know it works, I will get on board. That's how technology adoption works. Has since fire. <laughs> Right. And we're seeing that a lot with the AI stuff now. And that's where we are with the AI. So you can't, nobody, especially a busy manager with a lot going on, nobody can keep up with all of it unless that's your job. Right. Right. But allow people time to play or say, you know what? I don't really know what this does, but let's try this in this meeting. Now, you want that meeting to be low stakes. You want that meeting to not be anything confidential. Uh, you want people to be aware that you are doing it. Right. Particularly, as I say, the uh, the meeting summary feature, which I am going to start saying to clients, may I use this? Yeah, absolutely. Purpose being so that I capture everything and we get it as accurate as possible. 
Right. Right. You want to be respectful. You want to be aware of security concerns and confidentiality and and that kind of thing. Make sure that you're checking no, you know, chat GBT can't use my content. Um, there are some things that you have to do, but I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, I haven't used yet the coaching features. Yeah, I know that we've said that we're going to talk about that in a future episode because it and that since looks a I'm little in, interesting. Since I'm in the process of writing a new book about virtual presentations, obviously that's going to be part of the research for that. So mm -hmm. stay tuned for that, dear listeners. But yeah, it's it's kind of exciting. And I think in terms of productivity and getting our work done, there are some things. I mean, you can go down rabbit holes and whatever, but there are some things that have excellent, excellent potential. And while you don't want to chase everything that the designers do, you do want to keep your thumb on it. And I think that's important. Yeah. Thank you so much for checking all of these features out, Wayne. Yeah, it's literally my job, but you're welcome. <laughs> uh that is pretty much our time. Before Marissa wraps up, I want to mention to you listeners, we teach this stuff. Yes, we <laughs> And do. in particular, we have uh, open enrollment public classes of our long distance leadership series, which is a six part series. You can join live instructor led. Uh, we have classes four times a year scheduled Check it out at kevinicanberry.com. Uh, Kevin That's it. That's something that you may want to look into. Feel free to just reach out to info at kevinicanberry.com and somebody will be happy to talk to you. Or you can reach out to Marissa or myself. There's our email, wayne at kevinicanberry.com. Marissa at kevinicanberry.com. Find us on LinkedIn. Marissa, bring us home. <laughs> Okay. I feel like you summed it up pretty well. So listeners, thank you so much for joining us. And as Wayne likes to say, don't let the weasels get you down. <laughs>